was watching Ben Chilwell pull his hamstring and then carried the tunnel and he was practically dead yeah she's when he had passed away like that, that word was used oh, it's, a, it's a tragedy subscribe now to the OTB football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB sports app the news round on off the ball with Gilles. We don't just play the game, we change it. Gillette, made of what matters. This is News Talk. You're welcome along. Tuesdays off the ball. Brian O'Driscoll will be in studio this hour between 8 and 9. There will be a slight tangent. Myself and Will and Mick and Arthur coming at you. Dan McDonnell on the football show talking about a whole host of things. FAI Cup final media day today. Martin O'Neill's comments about feeling very much like uh, he was treated like an outsider. And the Northerner as Ireland manager, 53106, the text number. We're at Off The Ball on Twitter. Michael, here in studio. Now, and on a slight tangent, it's a double helping of oh, Mick McCarthy. I'm this all evening. over the show. Hello. So, uh, what's going on? What's catching your eye? <laughs> in the world of sport today, Joe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I'll let Richie tell me. And then Richie, <laughs> hello to in. you. Evening, gents. How are we? Well, what's catching your eye, Richie? What is catching my eye? I, <clears throat> it's I don't know. It's been interesting to, to watch and get to it in the news room, I guess. Uh, all of the talk around the World Cup and it, a lot of it seems to be coming to a head and not in a good way. Uh, I guess peaked today by Sepp Blatter coming out and saying that it is a mistake that the World Cup is being held in Qatar. This is the man, of course, who was in charge of FIFA <laughs> in 2010 uh, when it was announced. And his reasoning as well is amazing. Um, and it, it, and to be fair, he's not wrong, uh, but he doesn't make a single mention of Qatar's human rights records, the the fact that they are very, very, very anti-homosexual in that country, uh, as was witnessed by a, a World Cup ambassador's own remarks uh, just today. Um, but he says that the World Cup, uh, contrary to Richard Key's explanation, is, uh, is, is, is too big to be held in Qatar, that Qatar is too small to be staging such a tournament. And that's why... I, it's a mistake. That, yeah, I do that. look forward to the <coughs> keys slams blatter blog imminent. I Keen can see five splatters blatter. From my balcony. Yeah. <coughs> uh, for me, it's clear. Said said blatter talking to Swiss new pa- newspaper. For me, it's clear. Qatar, a mistake. The choice was bad. Is what he says. His choice. Well, he doesn't. He 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 goes on to blame uh, Michel Platini. Uh, pretty much, he points the finger at Platini and his machinations behind the scene which included conversations with Nicolas Sarkozy, who was French president at the time. And he puts the blame for that squarely at their door, saying that it was their votes that ultimately swung things in favour of Qatar away from, I think it was Australia who were second in the votes. Uh, Korea were possibly third. Um, but it's uh, it's Platini's fault, according to, to SEP. So their future court dates will probably be interesting. He really does go after Platini. So even some yeah. of the quotes here... He says, I mean, he goes on to out, outline the many reasons. It's too small a country, football, the World Cup, too big for it. He does, to be fair, he does reference social considerations. And so by that, he is talking about LGBTQ rights and I would think as well the migrant workers' rights. But he doesn't get into that in any great detail. He just says social considerations, which is a nicely phrased way of uh, referencing all that awfulness. And then he says, how did this happen is the obvious question. Then if you, you didn't think it was the right thing. He said it was thanks to the four votes of Platini and his UEFA team that the World Cup went to Qatar rather than the United States. So in Sepp's eye, this was going to be Russia, then the United States. As he says, his words, 
Like he really had a good feel for what was going on with all these countries. It would have been a gesture of peace if the two long-standing political opponents had hosted the World Cup one after another. So that was Sepp's vision. So he says of Platini that thanks to his votes, the World Cup went to Qatar rather than the United States. It's the truth, said Blatter. I think anyone, anytime anyone says it's the truth at the end of their claim, that's a moment <laughs> to pause. Yeah. So he goes on to say, Platini had told me he'd been invited to the Elysee Palace where then French President Sarkozy had just had lunch with the Crown Prince of Qatar. Sarkozy said to Platini, see what you and your colleagues from UEFA can do for Qatar when the World Cup is awarded. I then asked Michelle how. According to Blatter, Platini's response was, Sepp, what would you do if your president asked you for something? I then told him that the question didn't arise for me because we didn't have a president in Switzerland. So he took that a touch too literally. Um, <laughs> But that was his response. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm sorry. I did def- I understand why this is interesting, but I'm just so I'm just finding it so hard to play along with the farce of <coughs> Sepp Blatter calling out, like you know, uh, de- decrying the disgrace of where World Cup is going and blaming, uh, you know, someone else who he's you know d- d- accusing of being corrupt. It's like I mean, what kind? Like this is high farce. Mm. Sepp yeah. Blatter. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's his story and he's sticking to it. And obviously the Qatari-Sarkozy links are well established and I'm sure Sarkozy was doing his best for uh, Qatar and it seems Sepp was powerless to stop the oh, team. Poor Sepp, yeah. Powerless I, like, I like his kind of Swiss diplomacy of uh, Russia and then USA. I know. You know, because you know, having a World Cup four years apart would really bring two countries together. I mean... <laughs> also, in 2010, or whatever this was happening, were relations between Russia and the US all that oh. bad? No, they were they weren't what they certainly are now, and they weren't what they were say in like 1980. So uh, yeah. where he's where he's pulling this idea out of, I'm not quite sure. Probably a high point considering <laughs> history. Yeah, not too far off. The news round is brought to you with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. You can sign up or donate now at movember.com. Richie, you are starting with Keen Healy. Yeah, the Ireland squad trained today ahead of Saturday's second autumn test with Fiji. Arnie Farrell working with a squad of 39 after a number of players returned to their squads, uh, provinces that is, uh, particularly Munster ahead of their game in South Africa. A. Farrell has no new injury concerns going into the Fiji test, but there are likely to be a number of changes. One of them likely to see Keane Healy start at loose head, and the 35-year-old was asked today how this Ireland squad compares to others of which he's been part. This is probably one one of the most enjoyable squads I've been in across the board uh, from the beginning. It's it's cultured around people being themselves and and allowed to express themselves, working unbelievably hard when we're working and enjoying each other's company when we're off. And I think what the what the coaches and staff have have done is is really good in a sense that it's it takes the anxieties out of unnecessary areas for us and when that's gone all all we have to do as players is do our detail work and that's that's done in a positive way because we're sitting with each other doing it people aren't sitting in their room reviewing on their own worrying about things we sit chat through things everything everything is an open forum and uh I think all of that sort of stuff just leads really well into people being comfortable and everyone feeling like they're a real part of of what's going on. It's very interesting, isn't it? Mm. That notion of being on your own, worrying about things, reviewing, 
reshaping the previous culture. I know I was about to say there is a book to be written on what was so unenjoyable about the culture previously. Yeah. We get snippets. I mean, we hear things. And, you know, this story that I'm about to mention was told almost as a tribute to Joe Schmidt's attention to detail, whereby someone had dropped their room key and he brings it to the meeting and says, who dropped the room key? And mm. Drop a room key, you'll drop a ball. And again, that was, oh, you had to be on your toes. But you listen to the way the players talk about the current environment. And Keane Healy, well, Peter Manny, even when he wasn't in, in the side, was saying it was incredibly enjoyable. Conor Murray was saying similar things. Even Keane Healy, who's now out of the team, is saying this is the most enjoyable time I've had as part of an Irish camp. Yeah. It's fascinating. And it was the thing that we, like, do you remember going back to, you know, behind closed doors games? What was the name of that weird competition that we had in the summer? I can't even remember. Like, it's actually gone. I the can't Rainbow even, Cup? No, no, that was that was club. Uh, I actually can't even. The international one? Yeah, yeah, the international one. But do you remember, like, things weren't going great for Ireland. And there was a sense with Andy Farrell as, like, he's taking the shackles off too much. And mm. there isn't enough there. And, like, what was re- actually happening there was it, there was a kind of a sense of guys come in. This is a different, uh, this is a different uh, situation here. But the work and the groundwork was being done there and I think we can see the fruits of it now. It is interesting. I, there's times when I hear these interviews and how often they speak about it now yeah. and I start to feel quite sorry for Joe Schmidt and his place in Irish rugby history and his three, ti- three uh, championships and his Grand Slam and it's not as if Joe Schmidt was some rube who didn't get the best out of these players. Sure. It just, we, we did need evolution and we just needed to move on to a new thing. And look, it's good that the players are enjoying it while in no way dropping their standards. If anything, they've upped them. Mm. Uh, it's a really, really good sign for the Andy Farrell regime and how he coaches. Yeah. Just a queue of players at the moment to say it's never been it's better. It's constant, isn't yeah. it? It's almost every single... Like, I know people always talk up what they're currently in. Sure. Both by human nature and just kind of like looking after the, the current so group. We, but we, no, but it's, it's, it's quite more than usual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I do take your point. If, if we were to go back and let's dig out a clip of Keane Healy asked seven years ago, are you enjoying Ireland camp under Joe Schmidt? Yeah, it's incredible. It's a great time. Yeah. So there no, is we're, we're, We offload loads. We're allowed whenever we want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Pep Linders was speaking today. Yeah, he was in front of the media rather than uh, Jurgen Klopp ahead of their Carabao Cup tie tomorrow night. And Liverpool assistant manager insists speculation over the possible sale of the club hasn't been a distraction for himself or indeed Klopp. Owners Family Sports Group have confirmed that they will consider new shareholders if it's in the team's best interest. And Linders says they have been kept well informed about developments and is sure what they have said in that statement yesterday is accurate. So, Rich, we've mentioned Blatter and his pointing the finger at Platini. You referenced yeah. as well one of the World Cup ambassadors. So the ambassadors include Xavi, they include Cafu, and there's a former Qatari player who was being interviewed on German television today. Yeah, Khalid Salman, a Qatar World Cup ambassador, has been criticised for describing homosexuality as damage in the mind. The former Qatar international made the comments in an interview with the German broadcaster ZDF. LGBT representative at Human Rights Watch, Rasha Yunus, says the comments were harmful and unacceptable. Just the tone you want, it's two weeks out. absolutely shocking. Like, you know, and fine, individual Egypt makes comment on radio. It's not the end of the world. But if anything, just like everything, just continuously undermining this World Cup. And I don't mean to be keeping going on about it. I'm sick of listening to myself about it. But... Do you know, I was just thinking a few minutes ago, even when we were talking about Bladder and even again here, was like, even though we talked about it all weekend and you guys talked about it in the Sunday paper view, it was all over the Sunday papers. I still don't think enough has been made of how disgraceful FIFA's comment was on Friday. 
you know, to stick to the football, uh, their letter to all the, the countries. Sorry, I wasn't explaining that properly for anyone who hadn't heard. They wrote a letter to all the countries involved saying stick to the football. That's what it's about. Don't be getting political. Like every story you hear is, you know, what about this World Cup? It's just the idea that an organization can say, hold on, the football is more important. This is what we're here for. We talk about football. That's more important than 6,000 lives. That's more important than human rights. That's more important than, you know, the, a ban on homosexuality. You know, it's, I, I actually can't get over it in 2022 how we kind of just went, ah, that's FIFA. Yeah, this is not to excuse FIFA, but I guess it's interesting to try and hazard a guess as to what's going on there. I suspect internally they are just so overwhelmed with the mountain of criticism over the last number of years that there's nobody inside thinking straight anymore. I'd say that letter that you referenced to mm. the 32 federations taking part, that no one within FIFA at a certain level was able to say, that's actually a terrible idea. This is not going to play well. Would suggest nobody in there is thinking in any way clearly. I think, I think the just, yeah, the, fog. the fog of just being under massive criticism for I think that's years. probably true but it's it was this god it was one of the most cynical Obviously. things I've ever come yeah. across and again it's not new news we're bringing it up on the Wednesday or sure. the Tuesday after it was on the Friday before but every time I hear a story it's all I can think of it's like I can't believe they did that mm. I can't believe they did it yeah it's such a bad move uh, bad and wrong like both you know oh it's yeah everything about this is wrong but this was it was also just, stupid just yeah. strategically it was such a terrible move as well like they can't do anything right <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable <laughs> seemingly yeah uh, meanwhile, Rich, there's a, an Ecuador story brewing. I remember Tim Vickery spoke to us, uh, to us about this a, a while back. Yeah, uh, this week was always going to be the decision week for it. But Ecuador will play at the World Cup despite a dispute over the nationality of one of their players. The Court of Arbitration for Sport has ruled that Byron Castillo is Ecuadorian despite claims that he was ineligible because he wasn't born in the country. Peru had looked to get into the tournament ahead of Ecuador because of this. Ecuador, though, have been fined 100,000 Swiss francs for the use of what's called a document containing false information, and they've been docked three points from their next qualification campaign, but they will play in the tournament's opening game on Sunday week. Carabao Cup? Yeah, Irish duo Mark Kennedy and Graham Coughlin plotting Carabao Cup upsets tonight. Kennedy's Lincoln City go to Ashton Gate to play Bristol City, while Coughlin's Newport County of League Two our way to Premier League, Premier League side Leicester City. Uh, there's an all-Premier League meeting at Bournemouth and Everton at the Vitality. Elsewhere, Brentford entertain Gillingham. League 2 strugglers Crawley go to Championship leaders Burnley. MK Dons play Morecambe and Stevenage face Charlton Athletic. Uh, now, lots of people who bought tickets to Republic of Ireland, Norway, breathing uh, sigh of relief. Yeah, uh, for how long I don't know, but Erling Haaland <laughs> has been included in the Norway squad to face the Republic of Ireland at the Aviva on Thursday next. to The free-scoring striker missed recent Manchester City games with a foot injury, but scored on his return to the side at the weekend. City boss Pep Guardiola says Haaland is still not fully fit, but he won't stand in his way of joining up with that Norway squad. Joe, people are going he's to not lose. perfect still, he's not perfect. So we'll see tomorrow, next Saturday, but he's getting better. So important, the bone is not broken, so... It's not damage, just the ligament damage a little bit, so it's not perfect right now. So, but the, I don't know, you know, in one week, ten days, everything can happen, so can that, change. So, that how satisfied are you with him going to play two friendlies? If he feels good, he, he play the national team is so important for the players. I never, I never avoid to, to the players when they are fit to play with the national team. 
it is easier to release them when there's a month break followed by the international <laughs> friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's uh, if that stands up to scrutiny from Guardiola, and I actually don't know, like legitimately, as to whether he would have a problem with them playing two friendlies or that understands the importance of playing for the national team. But I think that uh, you know the people who've bought tickets for Ireland and, and Norway are going to see Ireland, Joe. This is no, I know that we've got we've got big we've got real fans in this country. We don't that. go and see the opposition. That. I get that. I get that. You tell me no one there thought, Haaland, I'll go along for a look. <laughs> Not one. That's the only reason Richie's bringing his... Ah, no, we've talked about it before, sure. Obviously, there's yeah. something there's something kind of unique about that opportunity to see a player like that, but... I'm not know. saying Richie's going to well, be cheering Haaland on. Come on, you boys on. green, like, you know? I might. You don't, like, don't speak for me, Joe, please. His son will. I could be cheering on Erling Haaland. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Erling. <laughs> <laughs> Just Erling, nobody else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we are shorter and sweeter than usual this evening, Richie, so we're done. Thank you. Nice lad. Mick, thanks very much. See you later.